Predictions are dangerous. We absolutely need more inventory. The Fed doesn't actually have a lot of tools to regulate inflation. That cash has dried up. Wow, is my first thought, Bruce. If both parties don't win, it doesn't happen. The Real Look. Trending News. Well, hello, folks. Today is Wednesday, June 28th. I'm Chase Williams, and this is the news you need to know. Well, folks, home builders are all smiles right now. For the first time in nearly a year, home builder confidence moved into positive territory thanks to strong consumer demand, limited competition from existing home sales, and an improving supply chain. The National Home Builders Association's June survey marks the sixth straight month that builder confidence has increased and is the first time that sentiment levels have surpassed the midpoint of 50 out of 100 since July of 2022. The score in June was 55, which is up five points from May. So this is great news. Anytime that home builders are feeling confident, that's a good sign for some of the inventory challenges that we're facing. Doesn't mean it eliminates them or solves all the problems, but certainly if their confidence is up, it stands to reason that they will be making moves to be building more homes. Matter of fact, there's a quote here from National Association of Home Builders Chairman Alicia Huey. Builders are feeling cautiously optimistic about market conditions given low levels of existing home inventory and ongoing gradual improvements for supply chains. So that is good news. One of the kind of dark clouds in the story, however, is a little concern around financing, right? The Federal Reserve paused its tightening cycle, which we talked about last week, could be a good sign for future market conditions in terms of mortgage rates. However, there's a lot of anticipation that they're going to resume their rate hikes. So builders are excited about the fact that some of those supply chain issues have been improved or solved. They are facing very low competition because of the inventory. Home sellers sitting on their low rates. We've been talking a lot about that low level of inventory, and they see that as their competition. So the fact that not a lot of homes are coming on the market causes them to be optimistic as well. It will be interesting to see how this actually shakes out. Matter of fact, in June, 25% of home builders reduced home prices to bolster sales compared to 27% in May and 30% in April. So that's down a little bit. They're not having to reduce home prices as much to boost your sales. The average price reduction was 7% in June, below the 8% rate recorded in December. National Association of Home Builders reported that 56% of home builders offered incentives to buyers in June, slightly more than May, 54%, but fewer than in December of 2022. So breaking that all down, it means that not only are they more confident based on supply chain improvement and less existing inventory, but they're actually having to offer some less incentives, less price reductions because their new construction builds are moving through the market and starting to be gobbled up a little bit more. We certainly can use more. We'll take any amount of relief we can get on the low inventory that we're experiencing in many parts of the country. And, you know, new construction and home builders are certainly a big part of that. So we'll continue to watch their confidence level and ultimately what that means in their activities and their new construction home starts, because that will certainly be a factor in what we see throughout the summer and the remainder of the year regarding inventory. I want to talk commercial real estate for a few minutes here. And this is a topic that we've touched on on the podcast before, but haven't gone into incredible depth around. But there is still a lot of concern 
around a potential commercial real estate crash that may be looming over the economy. I'm reading a, a headline here. I don't always love words like crash, looming, but regardless, there's certainly a reasonable amount of concern around commercial real estate specifically. And there's a couple of reasons for that. There's about $1.5 trillion in commercial mortgage debt that is going to be due by the end of 2025. Here's the problem. Borrowing costs have gotten much steeper, as we know. Credit conditions have tightened. And then you have a decline in property values in some sectors of the commercial real estate market. A lot of that's brought on by remote work. And so there's a lot of concern that there's an increased risk of default. Matter of fact, Fitch Ratings estimates that 35% of pooled securities commercial mortgages coming due between April and December of 2023, just this year, will not be able to be refinanced. So herein lies the concern. You're talking about trillions and then billions, which are sometimes numbers that are really hard to grasp, of money that is going to be coming due that may not be able to be refinanced or would have to be refinanced at rates that are so much different than what they were originally financed at that they cause some of these loan holders to potentially default. In a lot of urban markets particularly, and office space particularly, and these are just a couple areas of commercial real estate, not the whole thing, of course, you've got huge vacancy rates. You're not generating revenue from a huge portion of your building. The money that you're going to have to refinance with is costing double or more. The value of the property has gone down potentially significantly. Obviously, that gives concern for default. Here's a quote for you. Office and retail property valuations could ultimately plummet as much as 40% from peak to trough this year as higher interest rates make it harder for investors to refinance trillions of looming debt. According to Lisa Shalette, she's the chief investment officer for Morgan Stanley Wealth Management. So again, this is a real estate podcast. Commercial real estate is only a portion of the real estate market. And we often spend a lot of time on the residential because that's mostly for our audience. But I don't think there's any doubt that when it comes to trillions of dollars, regardless of what portion of the industry we're talking about, that could have a significant impact on the economy, the real estate space as a whole, and some of the dark clouds that we continue to see on the horizon. So We'll have to continue watching this pretty closely to see if they come up with any unique solutions around refinancing some of this debt in the commercial real estate space, because that's not a small number, $1.5 trillion. Also, what some of these banks are able or willing to do in regards to loosening up some of their lending because of some of the upheaval and rate hikes and bank failures that we've seen in recent months. Well, mortgage rates declined again, and a lot are wondering what that means for the summer home buying season. Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey, which focuses on conventional and conforming loans with 20% down payment, showed that the 30-year fixed rate averaged 6.67 as of the 22nd of June, which is down from the week prior of 6.69. To illustrate, the 30-year was at 5.81%, a year ago at the same time. So there's a lot of questions around, okay, the rates are slightly down from the previous week. The Federal Reserve, as we covered, recently hit the pause button on monetary tightening. Although again, a lot of prediction around them potentially going back to 
raising the cost of money and potentially, therefore, the interest rate several times between now and the end of the year. So we will see if they do that or not. But as it relates to the Federal Reserve's policy, let's talk about that for a second. And we've covered this a little bit before, but it's important to note what is driving some of their decision making. One of the biggest things is inflation. So we've got the jobs report, which continues to be strong, unemployment at all-time lows. We've got consumer spending that continues to also be resilient and strong. People are still spending money. Those are a couple of examples of things that continue to drive the economy at a pace that the government would like to slow down. That's inflation, right? So we've got a couple different measures of inflation. For example, we've got the CPI, which measures and includes energy and food, which tend to be a little more volatile. And then we've got the core CPI, excludes energy and food. So it kind of evens that out. So we've recently seen the numbers of CPI, including food and energy around 6.4% and core CPI, 5.7% of inflation. Now, is that down a little bit from the peak of inflation? Yes, but not a lot. And the key here is that it's still well above double or more triple, depending on which number you're looking at, of their target range for inflation. And the target range for inflation, if you've paid attention long enough on this podcast or to the federal government, is 2%. So when we're in the 5 and 6 range, even though it's down from these 7, 8, 9 highs, it's still well above where they want it to be. They've hit the pause button. They're going to do a little bit more research around what some of their actions thus far, all these raises before they hit the pause button, have caused or done, etc. Because some of these measures are lagging. But when you look at where inflation still is versus their goal of 2%, again, there's a really good chance that they're going to have to continue raising the cost of money or tightening down, rather, on what's happening in the economy to get a handle on that inflation to get anywhere near 2%. The risk of doing that is that they over-tighten. And that's what we've seen happen in decades past, right? They have this lever that they're using, which is monetary policy. And it's not a very precise lever, meaning that they tighten it and tighten it and tighten it. Sometimes it's almost too tight before they know it because you have these leading activities raising the cost of money. And then these lagging measures, jobs, consumer spending, Sometimes it's too late, right? You've already over-tightened. That's their fear, is that they over-tighten and send us into a deeper recession than what they intended. So I think the pause makes a lot of sense. I do think that they still have a long way to go, obviously, between where inflation is and their 2% goal. And that's going to dictate, in large part, their decision-making going forward. As that pertains to mortgage rates, we know what that means. If they continue to raise the cost of money, there's a decent chance that mortgage rates follow. So I would not expect dramatic decrease in mortgage rates anytime soon. That doesn't mean that they can't come in slightly. They just did based on that report week over week, but that's very slight. Until they can get a handle on that inflation, I don't think we're likely to see any dramatic increase in rates. And what that means for those listening to this podcast as real estate professionals is if your buyers are sitting on the sideline, it might be for naught, right? There's a lot of historical data that shows where interest rates are now versus historical rates rather than just what they were a year, two, three years ago that can help buyers make good decisions for the long term. So I encourage you to go seek out those graphs, seek out that information that puts what we're experiencing now in rates in the perspective for those that would seek to own a home, build their wealth over time. 
I think it's still a really great time to buy for them. I think you believe that as well. And sometimes supplying that information and that perspective is helpful to help people make a good decision for themselves. That's the news you need to know. Don't miss this Friday's Northern Lights episode, where we'll interview Michelle Bailey with Keller Williams Realty Boise in Boise, Idaho. Thanks again for tuning in with us on The Real Look. This podcast is produced by Marissa Frost. Visit kwnwr.com to access the show notes from today's episode. Head over to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast to subscribe to The Real Look. And don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of all things real estate.